relationship with him, and I like him so much. But I was really, really, really tormented even though I knew him. And it was because if you experience religion, the fruit of that is torment. The fruit of relationship is life. And so I lived for years with religion being a part of my relationship. And I love God because he's so kind because he looks at the times that I was religious and he's like, you're the cutest. (laughs) Because God actually looks at our intentions. So even when I was doing things he didn't care about, he was happy because I was doing them for him. But let me tell you, this is what I found to be true, and this set me free. God is so relational. He's the most relationship-oriented person you could ever meet. He is not a set of rules or regulations. He is a living, breathing person, and he loves to connect with his kids. Connection with us is his most favorite thing. His whole universe is set up relationally. Before there was the earth, God was relational. If you watch the relationship of the Trinity throughout the the Bible, it is one of the most beautiful things. They love each other and submit to each other and honor each other so well because they're love. And then he created us out of wanting more relationship. He's like, I like relationships so much. I need more people to talk to And this is who he is. And so I'm going to talk to you guys tonight about the goodness of relationship with the ultimate relationship person. And we're going to talk about how in different seasons that looks differently. But I'm going to tell you my story of how God set me free. And I really believe that um, tonight is a shifting night. And um, there's a season shift happening. That's the prophetic word that the Lord gave me was that a season shift is happening. And so I'm going to talk just a little bit and then we're going to go after it. And it's going to be so much fun because he's here already. Okay. Let's start with the slide. Let's try to be normal. Okay. So I worked in the school and I, um, I, one of the things I was greatest at in the school was helping people bond. I had a revival group and I was known for team connection building. And now I have a consulting business. I help marriages and I help friendships and I mediate in relationships. And what I am known for is helping people learn to connect with each other, with the Lord, with their hearts, you know, connection always. And this is really, um, a revelation that the Lord gave me that I've built everything on and it just works. So I'm going to share it with you. So there's different types of bonds. Okay. There is emotional bonds, spiritual bonds, physical bonds, fun bonds, doing nothing, nothing together bonds, shared purpose bonds and going through pain bonds. So what happens is, um, I want all of you guys to think about a a friend that you have that is just so much fun Every time you see them, they're like so much fun. You just want to go do fun things and listen to music and dance, you know? And then I want you to think about a friend that like every time you see them, they're like, the Lord has a word for you and they want to pray for you and they love you. And then I want you to think about a friend who's like, let me tell you everything that's going on inside of my heart right now. Right? So we have these different kinds of relationships. And what the Lord showed me is the strongest bond has all of these. So let's say that I have a fun friend. I am so excited to hang out with my fun friend, but if I ever want to go deep, I don't have that bond with them. If they're not fun and deep, you can be multiples. Um, but so the goal is, is that you have all these. So like in my relationship with my husband, emotional bonds would be like, I share with him about what's going on inside of my heart. I have vulnerability with him. Spiritual bonds, like we pray together, we worship together, we dream with the Lord together. Physical bonds. We got those. We got them covered. Um, But for those of you who are not married, that could just be a hug or a handheld. Or like a rub on the back. Fun, like when he like wrestles me to the ground and acts like he's a puppy, like stupid stuff. Like we have fun together, doing nothing together. We're like sitting in the same room, reading our own books, not talking at all. Shared purpose. We cook dinner together. (laughs) 
we get stuff done together. Going through pain, I remember I had an eight-week migraine, I think a year or two ago, and I remember him being so kind and compassionate and caring and loving and giving. And so I actually bonded with him through the pain. So there's all these different forms of bonding. And what I think easily happens is that in Christianity, we believe there's only one kind of bonding, and it's spiritual. And we worship, and we pray, and that's how we connect with God, and we read our Bibles. But the truth is, he wants all of the bonds with us. He wants to show up in a relationship way, which is in every way fully encompassing, because there's not one part of your heart that he wants to miss on. If he is always serious with you, you are missing a huge part of his nature. It says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So you're missing one third of him. So this is the goal is that I'm just going to talk tonight. I want you to think about this in light of this, that God is always wanting to relate to us in new ways, in different ways, because he wants to get to connection in every spot. He fully wants our hearts bonded to him. And so he shows up in different ways. Go to the next slide. We're going to talk about the story in Luke 24, the road to Emmaus. This is one of my favorite stories. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Thank God they gave us the amount of mileage so that we could follow them if we wanted to. I always think that when I read this. That's so specific, God. Um, And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was something answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things that happened here in these days? I love this because God's like, I'm going to sneak up on these people. I clearly know what they're talking about. And then I'm going to pretend like I have no idea. And then they're like sassy. They're like, what? Are you the only person who don't know? And he said to them, what things? So this is like, I love God because he's like, I'm going to ask more questions. I know that you're talking about me dying, but I'm going to actually ask you again. What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Now you got to think Jesus is literally asking them the questions about himself. You got to think inside. He's like, ha, 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 ha. I'm right here. He's so mischievous, Jesus, and we always think he's so serious. And this is what I love about it, because he asks a question he clearly knows the answer to. He asks two questions he clearly knows the answer to. Why? Because God is relational. He wants a conversation. So he's going to pull out information that he already knows because he's interested in hearing what they have to say. And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our community who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So he's saying, oh, guys, it was super important (laughs) what happened that Jesus went through this. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all of the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So here's Jesus, and he's talking to these people. He's asking them questions. Then he's like, hey, let me give you a history lesson entirely about the person who's giving you the history lesson. And then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. Some of the other Bible versions says, and he pretended he was going to go farther. Like, I seriously think you have to read the Bible and know that Jesus has a sense of humor. 
He's like, I'm going to pretend that I'm keep walking. They're like, no, no, come stay with us. Oh, okay, I will. That's Jesus. That's like his always, that's always his answer. Oh, oh, you want me to come? Okay, I will. That's like what he always wants to say to you. Whenever you say like, no, no, come stay with me. Okay. But they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with him, he took bread, blessed it, broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. (laughs) And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? I love this because in hindsight, they can totally see that it was Jesus. In hindsight, they're like, oh yeah, there was that tingly feeling. Now, I want you guys to imagine, so they like know the whole story and they're like super depressed and Jesus comes up to talk to them. Now, let's just say that it plays out differently. Let's say that their eyes aren't covered and Jesus is just like, ta-da, I'm here and I'm alive and I died, but I'm back. And now I know you have a lot of questions about that, but I'm going to teach you a history lesson. Do you think they would have been interested? I wouldn't be. I'd be like, oh my gosh, where are your nail holes? How did this happen? Why did you die? Why are you back? Who have you talked to? Did you see Mary? What was the angel doing at the thing? Can I hold you for as long as I want? I really missed you. No way in that moment do I want to hear a history lesson about the Bible. Because there are Two different kinds of seasons with Jesus. They're the ones where he is directly in our face. Woo! I'm here! You can't miss me! And then there's the other seasons where it's this like secret, covert. I'm walking with you and you don't even know how close I am. And when you look back, you're going to see that I was with you all along And I was giving you more than you knew you needed. See, he was revealing himself. It's actually pretty amazing. I would love for Jesus to go through the Bible and explain every verse that was really about him. That would be awesome. But if Jesus showed up in my room, that's not what I would ask for. And so there's these two different seasons we have. We have seasons where we get fascinated by his greatness in our face and seasons where actually the truth of who he is, we get to learn in our core. See, they said, we're not, they didn't say we're not our minds burning within us. No, Jesus was teaching them truth that affected their hearts about who he was. I remember I heard this message from Graham Cook. It's one of my all-time favorite messages. Uh, I have it on my website, abbystumval.com. You can go there, and there's a link to it because it's so good, and I just think, let's get everybody the best messages. So Graham Cook shares this story that changed my life. Now I'm going to share it with you. I'm ripping him off. <laughs> I love you, Graham, if you ever hear this. Thank you. So, um, so Graham Cook met God because God literally put his hand on Graham. He put his hand on him and he spoke audibly to him and he arrested him in the middle of a field. He was running away because he was a criminal and God literally caught him. And so for the first, however long it was that Graham Cook knew him, God talked to him in an audible voice every time and he could tangibly feel his hand on him. And then one day that went away and Graham was devastated And he was like, what happened? Where did you go? What did I do? Just tell me what I did wrong and I will, I'll fix it. I'll come to you. Just tell me what to do. And he repented and he begged God and, and it happened for six months. Nothing happened. He actually wanted to kill himself because he didn't understand where God had gone. And so he went to a coffee shop one day and there was only one seat available and it was next to a Catholic priest. So he went in and he sat next to the Catholic priest and the Catholic priest, um, he decided, I'm just going to tell him what's going on in my life. I'm just going to tell him God showed up. He talked to me personally. He put his hand on me and now he's gone. What should I do? And the priest sat there 
and for three hours told him about the season of hiddenness and the season of manifestation. And then he ended up, they went, they closed down the place. They went to his car. The priest prayed for him. And then the priest drove away and it was a long road. And so Graham gets out of the car. The car is driving away. He looks to look at the car and the car has completely disappeared. So this is what, what the um, priest taught Graham. He said, the seasons where Jesus shows up are meant to, um, to give us one revelation of who he is. But the seasons where we can't feel him is meant to get the truth that we know here dropped down here. Something that he said that I love so much. He says, when you trust for the presence of God, it's just as brilliant as feeling his presence. It's the same. Your trust allows you to come and inhabit the same space as your feelings. This is an amazing thing. I have learned this lesson because I have been in this season where God removes how I used to connect to him. And all of a sudden it's about trust. Well, God, I actually know that you said you'd never leave me. So I'm trusting that you're here even though I don't feel you. God is with us. I just want to settle this question. Whatever season you go through, it's not, is God with me? It's how is he with me? So every season looks different of how God shows up, but it's never, will he show up? That's super important for us to know. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. For the night will shine like day, for darkness is like light to you. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. You have to understand that no matter what season you go in, whether you are having the extreme, beautiful, extravagant experience of Jesus in your face, or you are having the I can't feel him or see him anywhere near me season, he is with you. Your feelings may not show you where he is. So I'm going to tell you my story about this. When I, uh, I told you I grew up and I loved the Lord, but I was tormented. And there was one season where I was about to become a pastor. How many of you know you shouldn't be a pastor when you're a tormented Christian? <laughs> Amen. But I was about to become a pastor because I didn't know that I could be less tormented. It wasn't even an idea in my head. And so right when I was about to do that, God said, I don't want you to take this job. I want you to sell everything you own. I want you to, um, and you're going to move in January. I'm not going to tell you where, but you're going to move. So I sold everything I owned. I ended up uh, buying a one-way bus ticket somewhere, traveled from there to somewhere else. Like it was like just a big old faith journey. Ended up in LA. When I was in LA, I encountered the presence of God in a way that shook my life up. I remember I was at a birthday party and um, somebody asked me, will you just come prophesy over this person with me? And I was, I didn't know who they were and I didn't probably know what I was doing, but I was like, sure, I'll come in the room. And a couple hours later, I was on the ground on the front yard screaming and laughing uncontrollably. And I thought, I have never experienced the Lord like this, but this feels addictive. Now, I had so much shame and torment and self-hatred. It was like for a season, God came and literally took my body and was like, I'm shaking it out. And every time I went to church, it was like, shake it out. And I'm like sobbing and I'm laughing and I'm flailing and I am feeling the presence of God. And I remember like one encounter where he was like, Abby, and he's screaming in my face, you hear my voice. And I'm like, ah. beautiful. (laughs) It was such a crazy encounter that I begged everyone around me to stop talking about anything about God because my body hurt so much. I was afraid I would die. Please don't talk about God. Talk about sports. Talk about food. Do not talk about God. It was this beautiful season. And you know what happened? I got out of control. I got out of my skin. 
I had an experience with God that most people have with alcohol. (laughs) Suddenly I felt courageous. I'll dance in front of people, sure. I'll speak into your life even though I don't know you. Of course I will. I'm not self-conscious at all. I was so addicted to the presence of God because it was the first place that I experienced true freedom and liberation. All of the heaviness and the yoke and the burden that had been carried on my shoulders for so long got lifted. And I was like, dear God, let me be drunk in the presence of God forever. Never let me out. And so I, I like found Heidi Baker and I was like, she is like all the time with the Lord. That's what I need my life to be all the time with the Lord. I never want to actually feel me. I just want to feel you. And so I begged God and I remember like everybody's like, you can't have a season like this forever. And I was like, oh, you just watch me. <laughs> Don't tell me I can't because God keeps telling me things that I can do. So I prayed that that season would go on forever. And then um, one day it stopped. And I remember people always talking about the dark night of your soul. Like I grew up where I was a part of a church. I won't mention which one, but it talked a lot about the dark night of your soul. And I was was like, God, I don't want to do the dark night of my soul. That sounds horrible. And here's what I realized. The presence of God lifted and it was not the dark night of my soul. Why? Because I just looked to see where he was. He was still there. He just showed up completely different. So my whole life, I had heard, since I was two, I had heard the internal audible voice of God. So like he would speak words to me. Now I moved to Bethel and all of a sudden I cannot hear him at all. There are no more words that he is using. He is completely silent. And I'm thinking like, oh, and, and so like in the season before, I'm like, let's pray for people because me and God were just hanging out and I want to tell him what he thinks about them because this is so much fun. I get to Bethel and I'm like, I cannot feel the Lord if I pray for anyone. I hate prayer. <laughs> and so I did. I stopped praying for people because I was like, God, you are not in prayer for me this season. And I get, I get to Bethel and I'm like, I just hate worship. Not this worship, but I mean, I just can't feel you, Lord. I cannot feel you, Lord, in church. I couldn't do it. And the season actually started before I got here. I could not feel the Lord anywhere in church. And he said, so why don't you come out of church and find me? I was like, wait, wait, wait. You care more about me finding you than me sitting in this building in this moment because I'm supposed to? He's like, yes. I didn't make you to sit in church to connect with me. I made you to connect with me in every area of your life. It was like, okay, so it was like everything I knew. Now, then I get hired as a pastor and I'm like, am I going to want to pray for people again? Am I going to want to like worship again? I'm like, for sure, Lord, for sure. I'm going to like worship and to pray for people. If I'm hired as a pastor, dear Lord, let Chris never see this. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so I'm like, for sure, I'll be able to hear you. Cause I'm going to have to be on stage and they have to hear you to say things. So of course you're going to show up that way. Right, Lord. And so I get hired and I'm like, I have so much faith. My season's changing. Nothing crickets. I don't know if that's a cricket noise, but all I got. And here's what the Lord did. He literally showed me that he had like, it was like blinding me. It was like, he took away all my sight. And he said, I want you to figure out how I talk to you. Now, blind people actually can tune into their sense of hearing in a different way. They can actually tune into their sense of smell in a different way. They actually say, if you get lost in a cave, to sit down as soon as you get lost and turn off all the lights so that it all goes black and then you're, you will acclimate to the darkness and then it will trigger your short-term memory to work more and you will be able to remember how to get out. You have like a supernatural feature in your head. Thank you for that practical advice. You're welcome. <laughs> but there's literally things that you cannot be aware of when you can see. 
And God was like, let me close your eyes because I actually want you to not depend on one door to get to me because there are 500 doors to get to me. And I want full relationship. How many of you know that if you had a best friend and you did the exact same thing with your best friend every single day, you would end up getting tired of that? Unless it was eating chocolate, then you'd be fine. (laughs) So God actually wants, I remember like, okay, you have to know what season you're in. So there was a season where I felt God so much when I fasted TV. Like I was like, turned off TV, didn't listen to the radio and had silence. And I felt his presence so much. And then there was a season where I saw and heard God watching TV. And if you try to compare your season with another season, you may find yourself either blaming yourself for sin, blaming God for abandoning you, or getting hopeless. See, because every season is meant to look different. I didn't go into despair. I got excited about what God wanted to show me when he quit speaking in the way that I was used to. Because you get trust. Now, there's two seasons that I want to specifically talk about. There are supernatural seasons. And I love those. They're so much fun. It's like every, <laughs> I remember this. I would go to the grocery store and I'd have to tell God to shut up. I need to get groceries here. I have already talked to three people. Shut up. <laughs> they just talk, 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 talk about everybody I see. I'm like, I got to blindfold myself so that God will be quiet. And then there are seasons where I go to the grocery store and I'm like, really, God, I'll pray for anybody. You want to say anything about anyone? I can't do crickets, clearly. (laughs) And what I've learned is like, I don't base how good I'm doing with the Lord on what my relational season is. I don't base how much he likes me based on what my relational season is. I don't base how involved he is, how hungry I am, how like successful of a Christian I am. I actually am just always looking for what is the on-ramp for connection that he wants with me right here, right now. So when I became a pastor, honestly, the only way I could feel him for the first, I don't know how long, but for a little bit was I just had to go love my students. And I found that that's how I felt God. I would go hold them during worship. I couldn't worship because I couldn't feel the Lord in that, but I could hold them. And when I held them, I would suddenly feel his presence. I remember before I uh, got married, I was super spiritual, you know? And so I would, I remember this guy I dated and I would pray like, Holy spirit, tell him that he hurt my feelings. (laughs) I had faith to move mountains and men's hearts. And then I got married and I was like, I could pray all day. You're not going to tell him. You're going to make me tell him. (laughs) See, the beauty of natural seasons with the Lord is it actually empowers us to live in a healthier, more free way. This is what God told me. So I'm in the season, you know, where I'm like, God, I prayed that I would be just crushed in your holy presence. I, I cannot say that sentence. That I would be just filled with your holy presence and drunk in the spirit all of my life. And now I don't feel you at all. What is happening? He said, I'm answering your prayer. Because see, I'm working out the freedom stuff that you need so that you can live with that much hope, with that much joy, being that comfortable in your own skin. I'm having you confront your shame. I'm having you confront your fear. I'm actually taking you through the stuff so you can live as high as you felt for the rest of your life. So that you don't have to be struggling and then have to go to church to be okay. So you can actually be okay with me all the time. Now there, so when I was in this season with God where he was shaking everything up, it was like, he's right in my face. And I'm like, I love this. This is so great. But when we weren't on the high, it was very, very low. But then in this season where he wasn't in my face, it was like he was my shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. It was like he was walking with me the entire time. And all of a sudden, I had no highs and lows. 
I didn't have a fear, like, if I get on stage, will you show up or not? Because I was like, no, no, you're just with me all the time. I will tell you that I got set free as much from my natural season as I did from my supernatural one. They both have value to God because he likes bonding in every way. He loves bonding in the crazy God encounter at church. You're crying and you're so excited about who God is. And he likes bonding with you while you are eating graham crackers and watching the Bronco game. He really shows up at the Bronco games for me. I want to tell you, if you cannot connect to God through a certain door, please ask him if there is another door for this season to walk through. If you can't get to him in a certain way, quit comparing yourself with your neighbor. I remember in one season, it was like, God was like, worship with all your heart, dance, like do the dance like David did, be abandoned. Don't be afraid of what people think. And so the whole season was like, ah! And then there was a season where literally I could not feel him unless I was sitting down with a completely blank look on my face, looking completely disinterested and disengaged in worship. And he said, would you be willing to look like that if that's where I'm at? He's so much fun, guys. (laughs) He's so much fun. If you want to head on up. Um, Let's see. I'm so close. I think of Jesus like, where's Waldo? (laughs) He's on every page. Whatever season you're in, whether he's in your face or whether it's a quiet season with him, he's there. So our job is just to find where he's at and what he's doing. It's super fun. If you will trust that he is there, you will be amazed at what he can do when he's not in your face. Religion says that every season is the same and relationship with God should always look the same. I should always read the Bible for exactly an hour. I should always love worship to the very last song. I should always be at three church services a week. (laughs) Relationship says I'm moving with the Holy Spirit for each season. In this season where I have kids at home, I watch worship on iBethel TV and then I pay attention to my kids and I only make it to that as church. In this season where I don't have kids, I make it to more. It's relationship is not rules. It is connection. And God wants, he wants all the kinds of bonding with you. He wants fun. He wants purpose. He wants to like minister with you, with people. He wants to love people with you. He wants to have great encounters with you. And he wants to have really normal life with you. Not one way of bonding is more of a breakthrough than the other. Except for this. If you don't recognize that he's bonding with you. You won't actually get to receive the breakthrough if you don't notice that it was actually him. So we're going to go after just a couple things. The first thing that I wanted to go after was... People who have been stuck for a long time in their life, and they actually really need God to shake them out. Like the season I talked about when I moved to LA, and Holy Spirit came and shook me out and showed me that there was more for my life. If you need a season like that, I want you to stand. Jesus, you love getting in our faces. You love showing up. You love us experiencing your presence. You love us actually feeling you. You love saying, I know that this has always been normal and that I've always fit in the box, but I'm really wild and out of the box. And I invite you to come and color outside the lines in these people's lives. I invite you to break all their rules of who they think you are. I invite you to show up, Holy Spirit, and wreck them with your love. Wreck them with your love. Wreck them with your love. Holy Spirit, that you would come, that this would be a season of life, that this would be a season where all of the things they can't undo, that you would begin to rip open the doors, that you would move the gravestones 
that you would remove grave cloths, that everything that has kept them bound would begin to shake off, that you would show up and yell at them, that you would hunt them down, that you would make them laugh. All of a sudden, God, I release the holy laughter of heaven, that you actually enjoy them, that your love would come crashing in wave after wave after wave after wave. I say yes to a season of encounter. I say yes to a season of encounter. I say yes to a season of encounter over you. You're so real, God. And you love to show us that you're bigger than we think. And you love to show us that you're funner than we think. And you love to show us that you're better than we think. And so God, wreck their lives. Flip it all upside down. That they would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. If you are in here and you feel like God's abandoned you, because like it's one thing for me to tell you like, hey, listen, he's in every season. But if you have gone through abandonment or really hard stuff, sometimes it is hard to figure out where he's at. So if you've gone through that, I just want to pray for you for a revelation of God with us. So go ahead and stand if that's you. for every place that you have felt alone. I'm so sorry for every place that you felt abandoned. I'm so sorry for every place where pain has eclipsed the face and the goodness of God. I'm so sorry for every place that he's felt distant. I'm so sorry for every place that you have pursued him and ran after him, but you cannot see that his heart is wanting you too. I release the knowledge of a God who's madly in love with you. He says, one glance from you undoes him. You're not alone, you're not alone. He said, I never left you and I never wanted you to feel alone. I never wanted you to feel alone. When Jesus said, why have you forsaken me? It was so you would never have to feel forsook. So you would never have to feel abandoned. It was always his heart that you would never have to feel alone. That's why he came to die. And there is nothing that you can do to make him leave you. And there is nothing that you can do to create distance that he can't overcome. speaking on God's behalf. I hear him saying, I am with you. I am so with you. I am shattering the paradigm and the walls that have kept you feeling so disconnected and distanced from me. And I am invading your world in the most unique ways. I'm coming to meet your heart in the way that your heart needs to be met. And so God, we just open the door for your grace to flood. This is a season for everyone who wants to have an encounter with God where all you have to do is live in the grace. I welcome an encounter with the person of grace in this season, not just for those standing, but those sitting down. That every place of striving or performing, feeling like we have to do something to to have these encounters come or to find out where God is at, that ease would begin to happen. And I break an orphan mindset that would cause you to feel, oh, he's not here. He's not in this. He, he turned his head away from me for this season. Or he just doesn't want to show up and meet me. And I break the monster of comparison right now in this season as you're going through a unique journey that has been tailored for you. And for some of you, you go, but that, that doesn't feel very uniquely tailored for me. I have a lot of pain. So God, where are you in the midst of the pain? Where is your presence? Where is your encounter? What does it look like uniquely to release people from that pain? 
And God, for those people who are wanting to have that next level of the supernatural encounter, I say right now, I release you to shatter control in their lives. (laughs) Because the supernatural encounters, (laughs) they're going to take us being really out of control. So for anybody who really wants to encounter the Lord but has a lot of control issues... Everybody has control issues. If that is you, go ahead and stand up too. We're just going to, I mean, we might as well do this thing. Because experiencing the tangible raw power of God in your body is one of the most exhilarating things. And even though it's so scary, it's actually the most liberating from fear thing that you can ever experience. I want you to just repeat after me. Fear you're a terrible friend. You do not protect me. You do not comfort me. You do not make my life better. Control, you're a terrible friend. I don't need you in my life. You don't make things better. You shut me down. I welcome the presence of God to make me radically out of control in this season. <laughs> Whoa! Oh! Oh! You are safe. I hear the Lord say, You are safe in my love. That this is a season where you'll see that you are safe in my love and you don't need that control. Because <laughs> I have your back. Oh, taste and see how good I truly am in this season. I hear him say, Taste and see how truly good I am. Oh, control, you're no longer welcome in here, you're not needed. There is peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of the places that we don't know and we don't understand. I hear God say that I'm breaking your rules in this season. The rules by which you've lived by. Whoa! (laughs) The rules that have governed your life. The religion that's told you, you'll be safe if only you'll be close with me. I hear the Lord saying, I'm shattering those rules off of your life. That you might know the fullness of my presence. And I keep seeing this vision where he has encountered me in my house randomly with my friend. Out of nowhere, we're talking about football or something, and we get totally drunk and fall on the floor. We don't know why it happened. We don't know what he's up to, but we just enjoy it and celebrate it. And I feel like he says, invite that into your life. The wild random encounters. So God, we welcome the randomness of heaven. It might happen in the moment we don't want it to happen. When we're meeting our girlfriend's parents for the first time, (laughs) or we're having a business meeting and we're like, this shouldn't be happening. There's an infusion of fun as you release your relationship with this person named Control. I sever that control right now in Jesus' name. You do not get to bind up the brokenhearted any longer and keep them trapped. God came to set them free. Listen, fun is the opposite of control. And the Lord is the most fun. And so God, we invite you to have so much fun with us that we would know how fun you are. That we would know you think I was serious? What Bible did you read that in? Why did you think I was so disappointed and grumpy all the time? He's the happiest, most playful, most wildly adventurous. And it's so safe. You know, it's like Aslan. He's like Aslan. What do they say about Aslan? 
He's not safe, but he's good. Although God is really safe. But he's so much fun. Okay, I have one last group of people to pray for. And you guys need it the most. Tell me if you, I mean, don't tell me, but stand up. If you have been in the hidden season where nothing is happening and everything that you knew about how God used to talk to you isn't working again and everything about all the encounters you want to have are not happening, stand up if that's you. Or if you are one of those people, it's everybody. Um, If you are one of those people that you always are jealous of someone else because you're like, God, I want to encounter you that way. If that is you, I want you to stand up. Because listen, the Lord told me that as long as we're trying to get God to show up the way we want him to, we will miss embracing who he is in the moment. And so um, if you guys are around, anyone standing, I just want you to put your hands on them. I'll give you... Also, one more second if you need to stand up to get prayer. I speak over you. You are not a failure. You're not in this season because you failed God. You're not in this season because you're not good enough. It isn't because God's waiting for you to do more. It's not because he's waiting for you to be more hungry. It's not because you need to fast more. It's not because there's something broken in you. It's not because you're the one that he skips over. He wants you to know that he's with you. He's with you right now. He's with you right now. He's with you right now. He's there. He's there. He's with you right now. And God, I ask that you'd open their eyes, just like on the road to Emmaus, when all of a sudden the disciples' eyes were opened and they saw they had eyes to see, that you were with them all along, that they would feel. God, show them that burning feeling in their heart. Show them how to recognize. Oh, that peaceful sense, that's actually how you're showing up with me. I'm going to love how you're showing up with me. Not be pissed at what you're not doing. I want you to say, I release offense at you, God. You show up however you want to show up. Just give me eyes to see it. And a heart to understand. I don't want to miss one thing that you're doing. One of my favorite speakers said, God showed him that he was the dark chocolate he loved as a kid. He was a Muslim. He didn't grow up hearing about Jesus. And then he encountered Jesus face to face. And one of the things God told him was, I wanted to find a way to you, so I was in the dark chocolate. Doesn't make sense to me, but kind of, because dark chocolate is heavenly. I want you to know, I remember, I've worked with so many clients who told me they were crazy abused, but they had a cat who just loved them. They were crazy abused, but they had a horse. And I'm like, baby girl, that was Jesus. That unconditional love, he showed up that way. So I release you to have eyes to see all of the things you think God can't be in, that he is in for you. God, that you would open people's hearts, that they would all of a sudden be able to see, oh, this is what you've been doing. There is purpose in this season for you. There's purpose and there is fruit coming. I declare over you that this will be a fruitful season, that this will be a season of breakthrough, that this will be a season of change, that this season will set you free. So Jesus, help us to embrace all that you are instead of looking at what you're not. And God, we just welcome happiness. We welcome happiness. We welcome happiness. 
We welcome joy. We welcome the, the things that pass our understanding. We welcome the knowledge of Christ. Right now, everyone who's standing, I want you to just ask the Lord for where he has been at in this season for you. Ask him, where have you been, Lord? What is one thing that you have been doing? I break the lie that experiencing manifestations of his presence is more real and life-changing than knowing God. I break the lie that shaking and screaming and laughing means that you know God better than actually just having a quiet conversation. My life has been radically changed from the season of hiddenness. It's one of the most beautiful seasons you can go through. It's liberating and freeing and it's filled with hope if you see that God is there with you. So Jesus, now I just want everybody in the room, you just put your hand on your neighbor, wherever you're at. Just stand up, put your hand on your neighbor. Sit down, put, stand up, I don't know. Just ask the Lord if he's sitting down or if he's standing up, and then you do that. I'm not joking, really quick. We're all gonna practice this message right now, okay? I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, does he want you to sit or does he want you to stand? And then I want you to sit or stand. Where is he gonna meet you at? Just ask him. All right, now put your hand on your neighbor. Jesus, you're the most fun. And you love relationship. And so God bless this person on the right and left to know and see everything that you're doing that their heart would understand and that the joy of the Lord would overtake them wave after wave.